This week on the podcast, we're bringing up something that is a brand new concept. It is a Dale Carter's America exclusive. We're calling it the Offensive Quotient Matrix. Plus, we have a ton of news. All that just ahead on Dale Carter's America. From the heart of flyover country, he's not on the far right, and he's certainly not on the far left. Like you, he's somewhere in the middle. This is Dale Carter's America. I'm Dale Carter. He is Kurt Wheeler. And before we get to this just ton of news that we need to get to today, uh, you have something you want to say to the folks. Yeah, just uh, make sure that you're following us on Facebook and Twitter at Dale Carter's America, on Twitter at Dale Carter's A-M-E-R. Tell your friends about the podcast. Make sure you leave us a five-star review. We are on Spotify. We have not pulled ourselves off of Spotify yet, despite all of my jokes that we're going to do so. Uh, and you can leave us a five-star review on Spotify, on iTunes, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. All Spread right. the word. Not in any order. We do have a lot of news to get to. Last week, we were talking about uh, the latest redirect from the, the administration because the narrative is so bad right now. It's just terrible. And they're doing whatever they can to restart, redirect. And uh, Pete Buttigieg was out there talking about getting highway traffic deaths down to zero. And the way they were going to do that uh, was to govern vehicles at 55 miles an hour. Yeah, and I I think that they already do that with like sports cars. You know, I mean, if you get a Ferrari or something, the max speed on a Ferrari is like 220 miles an hour or something ridiculous like that. But well, they that do makes sense. Put limiters on it. Yeah. I doubt my Impala is going to go that fast. <laughs> but 55. Maybe not stock. Yeah. 55. I mean, that's yeah, almost dangerous. You need to have a little bit of power to get out of a situation, right? right? Or, or think about all of the, uh, the on-ramps, you know, onto the highways. There's plenty of on-ramps I can think of in Kansas City. Where you need to get some speed, you know, going right. onto the on-ramp. And, I mean, that's just one Well, that example. was last week. This is this week's narrative. Uh, the president has created a cancer cabinet. You may remember back when he was vice president, uh, and we've got the little clip we're going to put in here. He promised that if he got elected president, we were going to cure cancer. If I'm elected president, you're going to see the single most important thing that changes in America is we're going to cure cancer. He's backed off that a little bit. He says they want to get cancer deaths down 25%, which is a little different than curing cancer, but it certainly takes uh, eyes away from the disaster that's going on in the administration. So you mean to tell me like everything else in this administration, we are expected to lower our standards from no cancer deaths to just 25% less? Well, and, and I wonder what the administration has to do with cancer deaths, because I'm sure that there are doctors and labs who are very well qualified and have been studying this for years and years. I've been involved with St. Jude Children's Research Hospital for over 30 years, uh, and I know those doctors are working really hard every day. I'm not sure what the federal government's role is in curing cancer. Yeah, me neither, but uh, they'll find one, I'm sure. <laughs> Maybe it's in the Constitution somewhere. We'll, we'll have to look that up. Also, cancer cabinet, does that mean that everyone in the cabinet has cancer, or does that mean that it's a cabinet for cancer? Or is a cancer survivor. <laughs> that could be. Cancer has touched all of our lives. This is not really a laughing has. matter, Kurt. I know, this I'm, is a I'm serious making, deal. I'm making light of it, yeah. And have, our I've president is going to family. cure cancer. He has promised. Okay, well, let's hold him to it. He's going to cure cancer. Um, something that's not getting a lot of play is that Republicans now hold the majority in the United States Senate, at least for the next you know month to uh, six weeks. I, I told you about this. Senator Ben Ray Lugin, I think is how you say his last name, from New Mexico. He's a Democrat. He had a stroke. Uh, he's recovering. Uh, but until he can get back to the Senate, because they don't have virtual voting or proxy voting of any kind, 
Republicans hold a 50 to 49 advantage in a body where every vote counts. So this is not, I mean, I know uh, the president's going to try and get his Supreme Court nomination through. Um, and if all 50 Republicans held together, he couldn't get it done. Yeah, we were, and we were texting about this. And it's funny because I haven't really seen much news coverage of this. I don't know if you have or not. I haven't. Yeah. It, it's something that's been buried like a cat turd, as we like to say on this podcast. Um, and, and the reason why is because Republicans have the advantage. I don't think they want everybody knowing that just at this point. They're just going to slow down everything and put a lock on on Biden's agenda. And uh, we'll see where it goes from there. But uh, this midterm coming up will be, well, we've talked about it a lot. Yeah. And I, I was saying to you, when we were talking about this before, I don't know how much of a difference it's really going to make aside from potentially one issue, which would be the Supreme Court nomination. But I think what's likely going to happen is that Biden is going to be counting on these weak Republican rhinos to vote to confirm either way, you know, and then you're going to have the tactic because he's already committed to a black woman for the Supreme Court. Yeah. You're going to have the tactic if they vote against it, they're racist. And then you're going to have, of course, you know, your Mitt Romney's and your Murkowski's and, and uh, those types that are maybe going to vote for it. You know, we'll see. But yeah, well, he he needed two senators, West Virginia and Arizona, to get Build Back Better done so that he could have Kamala break the tie. And now they don't even matter, right? At least for the next four to six weeks. And then we'll get into the midterm election. And I think Build Back Better and any massive spending bill, as we just passed thirty trillion dollars on the debt side. Right. Even CNN put out a story, and I put it up on the podcast Facebook page. Even CNN put out a story alarmed by the fact that we've hit $30 trillion. Right. Uh, so this thing is dead on arrival. Well, and you bring up a good point, too, because it's possible that even Manchin and Cinema are not guarantees for the Supreme Court vote. I mean, depending on how radical the candidate is, you never know. I mean, maybe they could vote against, it, uh, well, against we'll her. To be determined as we move forward. Um, global warming. After we went through what we went through in Kansas City last week with below zero temperatures and more snow and all that, even Florida, and I've got two stories from Florida, which you may or may not heard about, uh, the cold snap in Florida, the coldest snap they've had in a long time, killing several manatees. Oh. It's killing the manatees. Well, we better do something about that. What would we do? What what would we do? How can we, we should we should create a federal manatee protection committee and we should spend billions of dollars on it. Why not trillions and, of dollars? <laughs> All right. Yeah. And then there is this icicles on oranges in Florida, which could affect uh, next year's crop. Mm. So oranges are going to be more expensive. Everything's more expensive because of inflation. I just saw that uh, gas prices continue to go up yeah. and up and up and up. Everything's going up. Uh, well, and we had a little dip from that uh, oil reserve that we tapped into, right? That what did gig. that do? That took it down like two cents for like a day and a half. <laughs> yeah, for like a week, and then it went back yeah, up strategic again. Strategic reserve. We're going to tap into that. Yeah. We're going to win. We're going to win. Yeah. There's less <laughs> democracy. <so> less. <laughs> I think we've already established that angry Biden is our favorite Biden, right? It, he is definitely the, the favorite because it can happen just like that. Right. I mean, just... he goes from tottering old man right. to angry man yeah. and he bears his teeth like that. Um, Punk's Tawny Phil saw his shadow six more weeks of winter. <laughs> this as PETA has offered to, you know, because they feel like Punk's Tawny Phil just has such a hard life. He really does. I mean, I think he's probably the most pampered groundhog in America. He probably yeah. has a Mrs. Punxsutawney Phil 
and they're like doing whatever they do. And then his one day out of the year, he's got to go out in front of all the TV lights. It was cloudy in Punxsutawney when he saw his shadow, by the way. But one of my listeners had a theory that all the TV lights, that's why he saw his shadow and went back in the hole. Um, (laughs) The PETA folks, some of our favorites around here, they have offered the town of Punxsutawney uh, that they will plant a persimmon tree in Punxsutawney because persimmon seeds are said to predict the weather correctly about a quarter of the time. One study even claimed 85% accuracy where fill is less than 50%. Well, less than 50 is more than a quarter, so maybe yeah. maybe fill is uh, better. A persimmon tree. So instead of, you know, Phil sees his shadow or not, we're going to crack the seed open <laughs> and take a look at the, There's just, like thousands of people in the audience <laughs> watching. They're like, take one little seed up, <laughs> hold it up to the light. What is it telling us? Another alternative <laughs> is they've offered a free animatronic groundhog that would actually predict the weather using artificial intelligence. This is hilarious to me because like, you know, you can point out that obviously the, the uh, practice of Groundhog Day is like archaic, you know, and it's not scientific. So they want to replace. Nobody believes it. Right? I know. Right. But they want to replace the the groundhog with like a seed or like a robot. You know, like it's just making it worse. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're trying to protect that little groundhog. Uh, and by the way, um, uh, we, we have some sad news to report. Right before Groundhog Day, Milltown Mel who was a, a New Jersey groundhog, died just days before Groundhog Day. I saw that. I saw that. He was about three years old. I, I don't know what that means. Is that long for a groundhog? I don't know. And, you know, this is, this might be my ignorance, but I didn't know that there was, like, multiple groundhogs. Oh, yeah. Well, it starts in Punxsutawney, and everybody's like, oh, we got our own deal. Kansas right. City Zoo, I think, has one that I can't remember they its name. They have a groundhog? Yeah, they have a groundhog okay. that they use for these things. So um, six more weeks of winter. It was going to be six more weeks of winter, regardless of what the groundhog did. But now you know that PETA has offered to make it a more humane process. Now, I mean, what about what about tree people? Won't they be offended if you, you know, plant a persimmon tree there and you crack its little seed open just right. to, you know, humor the crowd? Right. That's a great point. I think, you know, all points of view should be considered. Yes. That's our belief at Dale Carter's America. All points of view should be respected. I think we should use tofu and then everyone can be happy. What about the tofuists? Is there such a thing as a tofuist? Tofuist? <laughs> to- tofuists? I don't know. Okay. We got a lot to get to. Give it 10 years, there will be. COVID update. Um, You saw the picture, I'm sure, of Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti taking his picture with Magic Johnson, and he was holding a mask in his right hand. And in his Bill Clinton wannabe moment, where Bill Clinton said, you know, I I tried marijuana once, uh, but I didn't inhale. Right. Right. Um, Garcetti says he held his breath. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) Well, you know, the truth is uh, we've been doing this podcast. I've been holding my breath this whole time. So if I can do it, then he can do it. I've had a lot of coffee. So I I apologize for whatever coffee breath I might be bringing to the thing here. Um, And then the latest is um, Stacey Abrams. And I just put this picture up on the uh, Facebook page. And Stacey Abrams, who um, was robbed of the governorship of Georgia, because we know that Democrats believe all elections unless they lose. Right. Like Hillary Clinton saying that Donald Trump was illegitimate. Right. Stacey Abrams said that when she lost, it was illegitimate. And she's like a star of the Democrat Party. And she's sitting there, if you haven't seen the picture, in front of a collection of grade school kids. All the kids have masks on because, like Kansas City, um, they have a mask mandate in Georgia, I guess, for school kids, except Stacey. Right. 
Stacy's smiling big and no mask. Well, the ironic thing about that is that if you think about it, due to her health condition, I guess I'll put it kindly, she is the most at-risk person in that room. You know, she should be the one that's concerned about her health more than those kids. We know the 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 data on COVID for kids is is a very low risk. Uh, putting it mildly. Are you saying so. Stacy's got kind of a weight problem? Is that what eh, you're saying? Yeah, might be might be hinting at that. You, Are you, you a fattest? I <laughs> could be a fattest. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I think it's called ableist now, is what they say. Ah, okay. Yeah. Well, perhaps Stacy's holding her breath as well. Yeah, that could be the new thing. We got to get Fauci on the phone and find out if that is a thing. She's got big lungs. She can hold <gasps> her breath for a long time. <laughs> I, I actually practiced this because I, yeah. I went to breakfast on uh, Sunday morning and there was a guy coming out of the restaurant as I was going in. I wasn't wearing a mask because I right. think this thing is all, you know, theater anyway. And he didn't have a mask on. And I went, my God, this is my opportunity to try this. So I went. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes I hold my breath in the bathroom anyways, but it's not because of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> He's rolling video on this, people, and I just blew a snot bubble out of my nose. Okay, great. Because the, you know, sure I was so excited that. about that. Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't zoom in on me on that. Uh, so, okay, there you go. Um, so, Stacey Abrams, maskless, and, of course, um, Governor Brian Kemp down in Georgia and former Senator David Perdue, they've criticized her for her parent snafu. The picture, by the way, has been taken down. Oh, where was it up on Twitter? Or something? I think it was on Twitter, and they took it down. So. Well, anything that's on Twitter, it does not go away. Many, many people have screen capped that by now. I guarantee it. Well, I did, and yeah. I know how to do that now, which right. is amazing. I mean, right. the technology that I'm learning here by doing the podcast. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, so, in a related story, the Kansas City City Council extended the mask mandate for school kids through February 17th, with again no evidence that it makes any difference whatsoever. Um, and New Jersey. Definitely a deep blue state. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yep. Yeah. Uh, They are ending their mask mandate for school kids. Uh, Australia is reopening after the strongest COVID-19 rules ever. Now, you still got to be vaccinated to get into Australia, but they're going to start letting folks in because what they found out is a lot of their economy is based on tourism, and tourism died in Australia because of COVID. Well, yeah, everything died in australia they didn't let I mean, anybody in they didn't let anybody in out they didn't let anybody do anything i mean that you had construction workers that were working outside and the cops were showing up and making them wear masks and checking their vaccine cards and all kinds of crazy stuff i mean they're in uh somewhat of a modern police state there so it's it's good to see that hopefully they're they're getting out of it i heard a theory about this and i don't know whether it's true or not but biden is going to do the state of the union address on march 1st why not January? I don't know. That's where generally the State of the Union address is. But he's going to do it March 1st. And the theory I heard was he's going to go out in front of Congress and declare that we have won, we've beaten COVID, it's all over. And that, you know, we're, we're waiting until the State of the Union address, again, to give him a piece of theater, to give him something that he can build off of, to get his poll numbers off the floor. And I don't know whether that's true or not. I guess we'll see in the State of the Union address. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he's going to try and spin it as if he's doing a good job on COVID. Because if you look at the polling, I mean, that was the only thing that was above water for him when he uh, came into office was was his COVID numbers. And now those are below water too. So he's probably trying to 
salvage whatever he can from from his uh, from his COVID poll numbers, you know, and and make people like him again. But the, the sad news about the whole COVID thing, when we look back on it through the arc of history, is that you had a group of people try and use something like this for political gain uh, in order to grab control in certain areas. Yeah. Um, and I think that is going to be the postscript on COVID. Oh yeah, because I guarantee you, mark my words, this will happen again. This will happen again, regardless of you know if if we're coming out of the mandates now or whatever's happening. If they're going to keep the mandates, I mean the masks in schools. Who knows when that's going to end? And as far as I'm concerned, this is my personal opinion. I mean that's child abuse, uh, pure and simple. But. Who knows when that's going to end? But this whole thing, the lockdowns, the the vaccine mandates, the mask mandates, they've tried it. It's testing the waters. It will happen again. I guarantee it. Have you seen the pictures of like um, school bands where the kids yeah. are like blowing their instruments through a mask? Right. It's just completely ridiculous. Yeah. And I can't, I can't imagine being, because I was in school band, you know, I have a, a music degree, uh, two music degrees. And I can't imagine being in public school or even college, you know, like you have the, the, pet bands that are doing that in college. Yeah. I mean, there's been some crazy ones where it's like in a, a band class and all of the kids are like in these little like clear tent, yeah. like plastic tent things. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> and even with the backdrop of science, even as we know that, that kids are more resilient in this whole thing and kids have not been the issue, yeah. the things that are the issue that we've talked about over and over again are uh, comorbidities, um, being overweight is certainly one of those. Yep. If you have other health issues, uh, being older, um, but but for them to focus on kids because they can. Yep. Well, that's exactly what it is. It's it's that kids are malleable. I really think that's that's what it comes down to. It's all about control, uh, as you mentioned, you know, with the masks and everything else. And kids are innocent and malleable, and they are vulnerable. And I think that's a big part of it. I mean, it, it sounds cynical but i don't think it's really unrealistic to to make that assumption because why else would they be doing it i mean especially when you have people who are flaunting at themselves and being big hypocrites about it they're they're just going after the kids a couple more things in the uh, the news pile here jeffrey zucker is out at cnn he may go down in history as the first television executive to tank two networks because he tanked nbc Oh, I didn't realize he was oh, at yeah. NBC first. He was the guy who created The Apprentice with Donald Trump. Oh. And then he goes over to CNN, and CNN becomes the biggest club bashing Donald Trump. Right. So somewhere, something went amiss with well, that relationship. I mean, you could say that uh, there's some consistency there because he made his ratings from Donald Trump on both networks. <laughs> well, that is true. And now, you know, CNN's ratings are down there with MSNBC, which means the same two people are going back and forth between those two networks to get their news. Um, So we may not have heard the end of this, but he allegedly resigned because he had a relationship with a coworker. I mean, come on, who hasn't done that? (laughs) That would be, well, that was my second wife for crying out loud. Okay. You know, and I served my 25 years in prison and I got out. Actually, I got out one year early for good behavior. (laughs) It was only a 24 year sentence. Nice. Um, But I mean, seriously, that's why he has to resign. I don't believe it. There's a a bigger story. Yeah. Um, And I have heard, and I don't know this to be fact, that, that it's tied to Chris Cuomo 
and uh, Chris Cuomo is out was out at CNN, and he's gonna he and his attorney are going through a scorched earth policy, yeah. and they're gonna go back over CNN with a flamethrower. Yeah, and you haven't heard the last of it. Yeah, there's been a lot of controversy at, at CNN, um, and we are soaking it up, or I'm soaking it up, I guess I should say. But I mean, there were there was the Chris Cuomo Andrew Cuomo thing. There was, I mean, you can tell that they are framing the narrative the way that they want it to be framed. And the same thing goes with Andrew Cuomo too, the the governor, you know, they said he got fired because he touched some women or something like that. But I mean, I think if you're paying attention, you realize that it was from backlash from his handling of, of the, the COVID situation with the nursing homes and all that. And then you had people at CNN, uh, some directors and executives who were, uh, caught in very inappropriate situations, some involving underage, uh, children and their parents and things like that. I mean, there was a whole project Veritas expose on, on all that. So maybe Zucker was connected with that somehow. Maybe there's something else going on, but like you said, it, it doesn't make sense that they, that he would resign over, over uh, a workplace relationship, especially if he's the boss, then it's like, you know, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, we're going to continue to follow it. We'll see what other fallout comes from Jeffrey Zucker out at CNN. You know, CNN was sold, and, and the new management coming in, they they've stated that they want to get CNN back to when it was a news network and not you know a tool of the left wing to bash whoever whatever Republican is is. Well, out they're going to have to fire everybody there then and yeah. start fresh. No kidding. <laughs> All right. Well, the NFL is under scrutiny as well. Um, the the Washington football team, you know, and the email scandal, and there's going to be a probe and all that. Uh, but at least they come out of it with a brand new nickname. And who doesn't love, who can't get behind and root for the Washington Commanders? I love it. I love it. It's great. Ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and I will say this before we go much further on this. The Chiefs are now on the clock. Oh, yeah. There's no, no question. Doubt. No um, doubt. The Indians are no longer the Cleveland Indians. The Washington Redskins are no longer the Redskins. Uh, it's kind of a toss-up whether it's the Chiefs or the Atlanta Braves. I think probably – I think what they would say is that the Braves is more derogatory, but – with the Chiefs, it's not going to start with the name. It's going to start with the the chop, the uh, the tomahawk chop. Well, you know, I've been the stadium voice for the Chiefs for 13 years, and I'm telling you, good luck to you trying to get 80,000 people to stop doing that. Right. Well, what I'm saying is, like, as of now, they actually play <laughs> the audio in the stadium, right? Right. Like they'll play the, the chant, the music. and then people will go along with it. So they'll they'll try and lobby them to stop doing that. And, of course – the fans are going to do it anyways. I mean, of course they are. It's like you know, th- there were people who said that it was um, uh, not nice. It was disrespectful to at the end of the national anthem instead of home of the brave, yeah, home of know, the Chiefs. <laughs> well, good luck trying to get eighty thousand people to stop right. that. You just can't. Right. And I don't I, really have a problem with it. I mean, it, it is what it is. And then I, actually, I, this is kind of a sidetrack, but I didn't realize this because I was out. Uh, watching the game out somewhere and the audio was kind of I wasn't able to hear it over everyone talking but I heard that the audio went out on the national anthem or something like that we had trouble with it at the beginning it and was then like, like eh. the whole crowd was singing the national yeah, anthem yeah I, I like that story that's a good story they were um, good stuff going on there but the Washington Commanders uh, that's the new team in DC and of course I can find a way we even did a whole episode on this if you go back early into the podcast we did a completely offensive episode where we took every major sports team and found a way to make it offensive. Yeah. And this one's really not hard. I mean, it's, it's not pretty hard easy. at all. Yeah. The commanders. Yeah. I mean, 
commanding who? Yeah. What about the people who are being commanded? Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a triggering event. If 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 I command you to do something, Kurt, you might feel triggered. And you know who was a commander? Mm. Christopher Columbus. Oh my gosh! Well, there you go. He was the commander of the three ships that came over. Unacceptable. It, completely unacceptable. Uh, but it, in case this sticks, and I think it probably will, um, they need a mascot. And this was the um, my Rush Limbaugh uh, um, bed. Okay, the the Rush Limbaugh. Um, what am I thinking here? I'm having a brain fart. The uh, just like the sketch or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anytime we had a Rush Limbaugh sketch, we went back to my childhood, and my childhood had Rocky and Bullwinkle, the cartoons in it. You probably didn't. You you moved uh, on. To something I remember else. Rocky and Bullwinkle, yeah. but I was that was a little bit. Before my time, during the the cartoon, the Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoons, they had other sketches like Peabody and Sherman, right? You know, Dudley Do Right, um, and then there was Commander McBrag, and I thought, what better mascot for the Washington Commanders than Commander McBrag? So we're going to insert his little music right here. Sing along if you know the words. This is the world of Commander McBrag. Your hair will curl in the world of McBrag. He fights monsters galore and then asks for still more. Or so says the brag of McBrag. So what do you think? Commander McBrag? Yeah, I think that's pretty good. You know, I think another good option would just be to have like a gray box with arms and legs. Just like the most bland possible mascot. Well, you know, as our friend Bill Fickle pointed out, you want to talk about bland NFL mascots, you got the Browns. Yeah. And then it was always kind of bland, you know, the right. orange helmets and right. just the plain brown uniforms. Yeah. So, and they have like a dog or like a bulldog or yeah, something like that. I, you know, because the dog pound is is that area of the stadium where a lot of their super fans sit oh. and all that. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, closer to town here with the Chiefs, you've got billboards up around town that say, stop the chop and change right. the name. Um, so, again, I think the Chiefs are probably next in the sights for these do-gooders out there, and they won't be happy until yeah. everything is completely bland like a saltine with no salt on it. Well, maybe we should follow the Browns' lead and just name all of the team's colors. It could be problematic, and, and we've gone through that. Like when we did the whole offensive episode, You know, we had the Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> I can think Reds. of a couple. So we, we shouldn't have a team named the Blacks then, probably, right? Probably not. Probably not. I th- uh, The joke I've always told on this is eventually we're going to be the red and gold team that plays at Pointy Rock Field. Yeah. That will be the end of that. So to be continued on that, but we welcome the Washington Commanders to the National Football League. And probably the best thing they did was they kept the colors because those are kind of cool colors. Yeah, and they kept the, the kind of new logo design and all that. Yeah. And you can tell that they're really trying hard just to – I know we're trying to move on, but – they're really trying hard to push this new name because they have like this caravan of of uh, cars that they sent out with the new logo on the side, and they were like driving around and handing out free merch and hats and stuff. So they're like, "Please like us, please like us." <laughs> I had an audio cut last week from some fans uh, who were singing a new theme song for it, and they're probably going to get sued by Farmers Insurance. Did you hear this? Mm-mm. Oh yeah, they were like, "We are Commanders." Bum, ba, dum, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> So look for them to be sued because you can't do that, right? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I want to get to today's topic because we had a lot of news here. Uh, This is the offensive quotient matrix. And we we live in the cancel culture right now where if you get out of bounds of a certain box, 
you you run the risk of being canceled. Uh, my new wife, um, she likes to point out that out to me. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, be careful. Don't say that on the air. Don't say that on the air. And, and I'm kind of a guy who all the way back to grade school, I've kind of said inappropriate things used to get me in trouble in grade school. And now I get paid for it. Right. So that makes it a very dangerous world for me to live in. But before we get into this, I just want to say, and I don't know how you feel about this. I believe in the First Amendment. I really believe in the First Amendment. And the test of the First Amendment is not defending speech that you agree with. That's the easy part. Right. The test of the First Amendment is if somebody says something so outrageous, other than there's a fire in the movie house or whatever, but if they say something so outrageous, you still defend it because it's their right to say it, and that's what separates us from a lot of countries on this planet. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So when you look at the offensive quotient matrix, I've been like watching a lot of stories on this and trying to get it in my head, when are you in most danger of being canceled? And, and I think the consequences of your speech are determined by several factors. Skin color, gender, and your political lean. Yeah. And I, is there anything else? I mean, those are the three well, that come to mind for me. I would say that you're most in danger of being canceled. I would add two to that, I guess, which are maybe within the political category. But when you have a lot of influence, number one, and number two, when you are coming close to or uh, landing on the truth. And those are things that are inconvenient for the mainstream narrative. And so it's pretty much, you know, whatever challenges the mainstream narrative is what's going to get you canceled. And if they have to use your skin color or use your party affiliation or whatever, they'll do it. But if you're just some random guy that, you know, is not saying anything significant, then you're not really in danger of being canceled just because you're white or whatever. It's if you're, it's if you're coming out and saying the truth about something that is, uh, is actually consequential, then that's when they're going to come after you. Well, you know, taking economics classes in college, I remember, and I hated them because of the graphs. Do you remember that? Yeah. This graph and that graph and you know, the guns and butter kind of a thing. Here. Yeah, you sound like you really know what you're talking about. But if you, well, it was a long time ago, and I think I got a D. Okay. So <laughs> I think we just move on from my graph comments here. <laughs> um, but if, if you graphed it out, um, I think that the least cancelable category of all of these is a black female liberal. Maybe, yeah. And the easiest to cancel is a white male conservative. That's certainly true. And there are shades of, of all of that. But but let's take a look, first of all, at, at the Whoopi Goldberg-Roseanne situation, okay? Okay. They're two different things. Roseanne got fired. Whoopi got a two-week suspension. Right. Okay. Roseanne made uh, a very uh, callous joke about someone who was in the Obama administration, Okay. It was it was off color. It was it was offensive. Okay, but she got canceled for it. Right. She got fired from her show for it. Right. Whoopi Goldberg, on the other hand, basically rewrote history and said that the Holocaust had nothing to do with race. Right. She gets a two week suspension, which she's pissed about. By the way, she's threatening to leave the show because they suspended her for two weeks. And and I don't know how you feel about that. First, I get back to the First Amendment. I support the First Amendment. I wouldn't have done any of that kind of stuff. She, she, I think she apologized, didn't she? Well, sort of. I mean, she, she sort of apologized because what her comment was really about was that in her mind, and I guess we should drop the the clip first so that people know what we're talking about, right? 
the Holocaust isn't about race. No, it's well, not about maybe race. Maybe ethnicity. Yeah, yeah, no, it's Jews about a different race. But it's it's not about race. It's not about well, race. What is it about? Because you, it's about man's inhumanity to man. So what I think that comment was about in in Whoopi's mind is that she sees the German Nazis and the Jews in World War II as both white. And in her mind, because she is so polluted by racial politics and her, you know, uh, black like oppression, you know, narrative or whatever, she, she sees that there are two groups of white people and that it can't possibly be about race because it's white people against white people. I think that's where she was coming from, which is obviously stupid. And I think there's kind of two angles on this, on her comment. Obviously it's historically uh, illiterate to say that it was not at all about race because I, I think that, you know, the Jewish people are a race of their own, but you know, she almost is like getting to some kind of deeper truth in a way, which is that there's, Really, when you boil everything down to its core, there's just good and evil. There's just right and wrong. And I think if she was making that point, she would actually be saying something intelligent. But that's not what she was getting at. So, like, uh, and then, you know, as, as far as her getting canceled, I don't really care. I mean, I don't like her. So I think she should be able to say whatever she wants. But she works for a network. And if the network doesn't like it, then they can fire her. And, right. You know, whatever. Well, you know, Joy Behar's on that show, too. And, and I never watched that show because I have a job and I work for a living and all right. that. Um, and I don't put it on my DVR. Uh, I just I, I whenever she says something outrageous, I see the clips on it. Right. right? Same. And um, so where does she fall in this graph that I've constructed? Because she is a white female liberal. She was making fun of uh, Clarence Thomas when they were talking about the Supreme Court. Right. Clarence Thomas is a black male conservative okay so white female liberal is higher on this graph than black male conservative because she said some pretty nasty things about clarence thomas well yeah she basically said he's not black he's not really black (laughs) so she will never be smacked on the wrist for that then you've got chuck schumer who is a white male liberal um who actually made the asinine comment that the supreme court has been nothing but old white men all the way to 1981 you know who he forgot? Probably Thurgood. Thurgood Marshall, yeah. who was appointed by LBJ in 1967 and served until Clarence Thomas came on the court after his death. So, you know, he's not going to get any grief at all. And again, look where we are on our graph. We should graph this thing out. He's a white male liberal. Right. So he gets a pass on that. There, there's just so many of these. And, and, you know, it's like white male conservative. It's like Danger Will Robinson. You have to walk on eggshells. Yeah. You better not ever make any kind of a mistake or misspeak any way whatsoever. And if you are a black female liberal, you can say whatever the hell you want. You yeah. can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, I mean, I think there's some crossover there. I think that's pretty pretty damn close. But again, it just goes to how close you are to telling the truth. And it also depends on who you're offending. Because, you know, we, we can go back to like the recent example of Dave Chappelle. I mean, he's not a conservative. He's he's a black dude and, and he's most more more likely than not a liberal but because he was offending the protected class of of the transgender community despite at the end of his special apparently i haven't seen it but at the end of his special you know basically like going into this whole diatribe about how much he loves the transgender community 
that didn't matter because he was telling a joke and approximating the truth about the difference between men and women. That's what offended them. So I think it's really more about telling the truth than it is about anything else. It just so happens that if you're a white conservative, they're going to come after you harder yeah. than they would if, if you're a black liberal. Well, I or didn't whatever. even think about transgender uh, on this whole graph. I just basically limited it to skin color, gender, right. and political lean. But you're right. I mean, the, the transgender community, I mean, that may be even higher on the scale. Right. And my, my point in that is is just to say that they're, it's obviously about identity politics, but there's more at play here. And they'll cancel people who are in their so-called tribe as well, you know, if they if they uh, go off of the, the beaten right. path of the narrative. Don't say off the reservation, yeah. <laughs> because that will get you in trouble. That's true. A um, couple of more just, you know, names out there who say things like throwing firebombs or whatever and where they are on the spectrum. Joy Reid at MSNBC yeah. says whatever in the hell she wants to say yeah. and knows that, first of all, there's only three people watching, so who cares? Uh, but she is a black female liberal, and she can say whatever she wants. Right. Yeah. And then the Roseanne situation, too, you brought that up. Like, this may be an unpopular opinion, but I really don't think that what she said was that big of a deal. It was also kind of funny, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, again, I don't think she is necessarily even really a conservative, but she supported Donald Trump, mm. um, you know, and she she's kind of zany and, like, wacky. You know, she kind of, like, says, what you know, whatever. And it's kind of, uh, you know, not you can't fit her into a box very easily. And so when they can't when you can't fit somebody into a box when they're not following the narrative and when maybe they speak something that is genuinely funny or or true, you know, that's when they're going to come after you. Well, cancel culture and wokeness is the death of comedy. Oh, totally. I mean, you know, you, the, the funniest stuff and movies that could never be made again. Totally. Are because of cancel culture and wokeness and you know bill maher is on the same page as we are on this and he's certainly not a conservative um a couple more eric adams new mayor of new york uh it's been uncovered now that um he said uh, about his opponent i kicked those cracker ass man i kicked those crackers ass i didn't hear that yeah yikes he gets a pass right yeah yeah he gets a pass todd aiken remember todd you weren't here then todd aiken ran for the senate out of Missouri, right? Yeah, what happened with him again? He made a very off-color comment, uh, something very unpopular about women and abortions and all that. And it was interesting because there were there were several candidates and Democrats with Claire McCaskill, they were pushing Republicans to vote for Todd Aiken because right. they knew they had this. They knew they had this in a file somewhere. And uh, all of a sudden it comes out, Claire mm-hmm. McCaskill wins in a walk. And, you know, Claire McCaskill, who uh, positions herself as, I'm from Missouri. No, I'm sorry. (laughs) When you're back home, it's Missouri. Right, right, right. I'm from Missouri. (laughs) I'm middle of the road. Now you can watch her on MSNBC, and she is the most liberal commentator other than Joy Reid that they have. Right. And that thing with with Aiken, that kind of came out last minute like oh, right yeah, before they, the election. Yeah, they were sitting on that. Yeah. That was uh, oppo research is, I think, what they call that. Very clever. So figure out where you are in in the spectrum. And, you know, if you're like me, you know, you're an older white male conservative. It's like Danger Will Robinson. Yeah. Always be careful. Uh, Now, you got young going for you, so you could probably get away with it. Maybe. I don't know about that. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway. So that's that's the uh, offensive quotient matrix. Trademark 2022. 
Dale Carter's America. That sounds very sophisticated, doesn't it? It does, doesn't <laughs> it? A um, couple of other issues along those lines, then you can plug them into the Matrix wherever you want to plug them in. Uh, ESPN will have an all-female crew uh, for the Utah Jazz game against the Golden State Warriors this week. There will be 33 women working production both in Salt Lake City and in the home office in Bristol, Connecticut. Mm. Why? What is the point? I don't know. I mean, I guess for for TV, you know, they they look good. I don't know. I mean, that's check the box. Yeah, that's they always have like the good looking female reporter, you know, on the field or I, I don't know. I mean, at some point, maybe we'll get past all this, and I truly hope that we will. And it'll be the best people for the jobs will get the jobs. And the words of Martin Luther King Jr. will ring truer than they ever did. That content of character means more than color of skin. But right now we're going through a phase in this country where that's the first thing. That's oh, yeah. the first thing that we look at. For sure. All right. So to uh, Christy Nome, the governor of South Dakota, did you see this? She signed into law in South Dakota the Fairness in Sports Measure. It mandates that sports participation in that state be separated by sex assigned at birth. She says the new law will ensure that girls' sports remains a level playing field. This this uh, swimmer from University of Pennsylvania from mm-hmm. Penn, mm-hmm. is it Penn? Yep, yeah. Penn, for, yeah. for sure. I keep seeing pictures, and I, you know, it's the it's the sight test more than anything, right? I mean, it's a guy. It right? looks like a guy because it is a guy. And it looks like a guy. <laughs> yeah. And is crushing all of the swimming records. Yeah. How is that fair to women who are trying to compete? We know that it's not. Right. But now Christy Nome has put it into law in South Dakota. So, you know, she's going to be, uh, they're going to just like barbecue her. Well, that's great. You know, doing the right thing. Obviously, she knows that there's going to be backlash, but um, that's the courage that it takes to to be a leader in the movement is to do what is right, and uh, not worry about that. By the way, I made a note on here about Whoopi Goldberg going backwards a little bit. That is not her real name. You know that, right? Right. Goldberg is typically a Jewish name. Right. So for her to weigh in on the Holocaust, I mean, that was just well, like an added Well, she says that she's like Jewish and uh, all kinds of... I mean, you know what her real name is? I, I read it the other day, and I forgot already. Karen Johnson. Karen Johnson. She's a Karen. She is a Karen. Yeah. Yeah. She is a Karen. There you go. So um, something else, uh, Susan Sarandon, I should have put some of this stuff in the news, uh, but Susan Sarandon made headlines. Think about this, you know, when you're watching people, I try and separate their performance on screen from who they really are. Right. But she is, she's a bomb throwing lefty. It's getting harder. You know, I mean, it's, it's getting harder to separate those things because you have so many celebrities um, you know, I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio is, is like the best example. He's mm-hmm. a great actor, but his whole just climate change, you know, uh, feverish nonsense it, that he's always on about. It's hard to watch a movie with him now and not think about that. Well, and a lot of them are hypocrites, too. And, yeah, you know, from my own world, you've got Tim McGraw, who's a great country music singer. He's on 1883 now shooting it up every week. Right. And he's an anti-gun guy. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't know that. I didn't realize that about him. Yeah. So Susan Sarandon making headlines with a controversial tweet about New York cops. She's an outspoken critic of the NYPD. She's one of the frontline people on defund the police. She says, uh, basically from the funeral of Wilbert Mora, um, a hero who was killed in the line of duty. If all these cops weren't needed for crime that day, doesn't that mean they aren't needed any day? 
Oh, God. Yeah. And she said of the uh, the pictures from the funeral, this is what fascism looks like. Get there a wife. Were, there were police um, agencies represented from all over the New York tri-state area um, who were there to honor that fallen cop right. who is there to protect and serve people like Susan Sarandon. I wonder how much private security she has, how much money she spends on private security yeah. and just security generally, you know security systems and gates and walls and fences and cameras and yeah let's ask Corey bush that the uh, congressperson yeah. from st louis yeah. because i'm sure she would have an answer for that as well um and i saved this for last uh, joe rogan who we've talked about quite a bit he is like the he's like the founding father of the podcast movement wouldn't you say i mean one he's of them for the sure most yeah. successful yep millions and millions of uh, ears listening to him and he's he's done a lot of episodes um, we've done a few, not nearly as many as he has, um, but uh, the, somebody dug into some of his episodes and found a few where he used the N-word. Right. Number one, why would you do that? Well, it's obviously vindictive. I mean, it, it's going back to what we were saying before, they're coming after him because he was landing on the truth about COVID with these two episodes that have now you know, become controversial. Well, I get why they're looking for anything that he did that right. would be offensive, but why would you use that word in a podcast? Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, well, first of all, he's a comedian. And second of all, times he started this podcast in the early 2000s. Times were very different even back then. He was not using it in a derogatory way. He was using it in reference to other people using it. And um, I, I just, I, I think this is a total non-issue. I mean, they're coming after him because they want to paint him in some bad light. Like all you have to do is watch one episode with the guy or watch him, watch his Instagram story or whatever. The dude's obviously not a racist. And, uh, you know, it, it's just funny because it, it's just language police. I mean, at the end of the day, it's language police. They're trying to say, oh, you can't say this word because you're white in any context. Doesn't matter. Uh, you're canceled, you know, and it's just, uh, it's ridiculous. And then for him to come out and apologize, is a mistake. It is a big mistake, in my opinion. This is all just my opinion, but, right? Um, you know, never apologize. He didn't do anything wrong, in my opinion, to be completely honest. And for him to apologize to try and appease the mob, it's only gonna. It's like blood in the water for the sharks. It's only yeah. gonna make it worse. Well, Spotify has taken down more than 110 episodes of Joe Rogan's podcast after criticism uh, from a number of musicians and celebrities. We we've heard about all that. Uh, and he says of that to, to, to get to you and, and the apology, he says, there's nothing I can do to take that back. I wish that I could. I can't think of any scenario where I would use that word. Right. But I mean, like, here's the thing. If you say, I'm going to use a different word, just for, just for example, right? If you say the S word, everyone knows that you're saying shit. Yeah. And if I say, Hey, that guy said shit. Or if I say, Hey, that guy said the S word that there's no difference. There's no difference there. Everyone knows what you're saying. And yeah. if I, that's different than me saying, Hey Dale, you're a shithead or whatever. You know, I'm not calling you that. I'm not using it in a derogatory way. I'm referencing someone else using it. It doesn't matter if I say the S word or the N word or the F word. Everyone knows what you're saying. You're just taking out those middle letters. Are we yeah. really that petty? Are we really that uh, sensitive as a society that we, we are incapable of hearing 
that combination of syllables out of a white person's mouth because just because they're white? I don't I think don't so. Know. I think there are some third rail issues there. And I just, first of all, I can't think of any context I would need to use it in. I just, I just can't. Well, I understand that it's a third rail, but the reason that it's a third rail is because it has been made a third rail deliberately yeah. because of this identity politics narrative that has been going on for decades now. Well, where I want to leave you today on Dale Carter's America, I, I put this up on my personal pa- Facebook page. And when I put it on my personal Facebook page, I feel pretty good that I'm not going to offend anybody, that it's going to be funny and everybody's going to laugh at it. But this kind of blew up in my face because I saw somewhere, because you've seen everywhere that you know Neil Young is going to take his music off Spotify right. if, if they don't get rid of Joe Rogan. And there have been others who have done that. Yep. So I came across this one, and it said that um, uh, Randy Watson and Sexual Chocolate <laughs> – are going to remove their music from Spotify because Joe Rogan is on there. And I said, that's it. Final straw for me. Right. I don't even know what Spotify is. I know that our podcast plays there. Right. I personally don't know what it is. But when I find out what it is and how to use it, I'm going to boycott it. Sexual Chocolate is on Dale's uh, morning playlist that's every it. day. Randy Watson and Sexual Chocolate. Yeah. And, and I had people going, well, nobody cares what you think. And, you know, I, I can't believe you're being this sensitive about that. And, you know, Randy Watson's dead. I mean, you know, you're just making fun of dead people. Randy Watson is a character played by Eddie Murphy in the Coming to America movies. Right. Sexual Chocolate is not a real band. Right. They were the band in the movie Coming to America and the sequel that happened afterwards. It was an attempt at a joke. I didn't see the sequel, so the, the band's in the sequel oh, yeah. as well? Okay. And as all of the, you know, Eddie Murphy uh, is in it. Um, who's the other guy um, who's, who's uh, they do multiple characters. Had right. a talk show. I, the name is escaping me right Somebody now. Somebody will remind us in the, exactly. in the comments. You'll remind us in the comments. <laughs> I get it. Uh, but, you know, they play multiple characters and they're right. all at the auditorium. Those guys, those guys are good. Right. And they play the barbers, right? <laughs> yeah. Those guys are good. So Randy Watson and sexual chocolate. Yeah. We got your back here. Well, I made a similar post because, uh, you know, I've, I've been convinced at this is basically exactly what I said on Facebook, but I've been convinced that people are just doing this for attention because somebody posted, uh, an article, you know, you can see how many plays people get on Spotify yeah. uh, for music. You can't for podcasts for whatever reason, but for music you can, and you can calculate how much money people are getting. And so Neil Young was getting like $4.90 per <laughs> month from Spotify or something like that. So it's totally insignificant. And, you know, you have to think that likely he's doing this for attention. Yeah. And all these other people are doing this for attention because a lot of people that are like my age or younger, they are seeing the news about this Spotify controversy and they've probably never heard of Neil Young before or Joni Mitchell or any of these other people, you know, so maybe they're just trying to to increase their uh, their Google searches or, yeah. or whatever. Well, check out the Facebook post I put up on my personal page, and I'm at 5,000 friends, so I can't have any more friends, but you can follow me at DaleKFKF on Facebook. And, of course, you can always follow us uh, at the podcast at Dale Carter's America because there were people who got it, who got the joke. Right. And, like, somebody put up a slide and said Marty McFly is taking his mu- music off of Spotify. Right, right, and right. And just it, it got more and more ridiculous. But what was funniest to me was the people who thought I was serious. Yeah. <laughs> because most days of the week on my personal page, I am not serious at all. It took me a second when I saw it because I haven't seen that movie in a long time. And then I was like, yeah, I'm, I know this is a fake band, but I forget where it's from. And then I had to look it up. But 
I mean, if you just look at the picture, like the picture kind of speaks for itself, you know. I've got all their records <laughs> and their tapes. Yep. His, all right. I, like I said, it's in your morning playlist. <laughs> Until next week, for all of us at Dale Carter's America, uh, Randy Watson, Sexual Chocolate, Kurt Wheeler, and myself, this is Dale Carter's America. The views expressed on Dale Carter's America are Dale's and Kurt Wheeler's. They do not necessarily reflect the views of KFKF or Steel City Media. Comments can be sent to dalec at kfkf.com. Thanks for listening. Check back every week for new episodes.